Welcome back to The Daily Poem. I'm David Kern, and today is Friday, July 3rd, 2020. Tomorrow, of course, therefore, is July 4th, and I want to wish you a happy 4th of July. And today's poem is, uh, is in keeping with celebrating the 4th of July. Today and then on Monday also, I'm going to read uh, two poems that are, uh, you know, July 4th uh, themed, I suppose. Today's poem is by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, an American poet who lived from 1807 to 1882. His most famous work is probably the poem that I'm going to read today, and it's called Paul Revere's Ride. But, of course, he also was the author of The Song of Hiawatha and Evangeline, and was the first American to translate Dante's Divine Comedy into English. As I said, the poem that I'm going to read today is Paul Revere's Ride, which was written in 1860, and it's a poem that celebrates or remembers um, the... the uh, famous uh, dramatic horseback ride of Paul Revere in April of 1775. So although this poem is not about an event that happened on July 4th, it is about an event that was central to the events that we do commemorate on July 4th. This poem was first published in 1861 in the Atlantic Monthly, and then was uh, also uh, retitled The Landlord's Inn in Longfellow's collection called Tales of a Wayside Inn. I'm only going to read it once because it is long. It's a narrative poem that is a little bit long, but you know you can you can hit that restart button if you'd like. So here is Longfellow's Paul Revere's Ride. Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere on the 18th of April in 75. Hardly a man is now alive who remembers that famous day and year. He said to his friend, If the British march by land or sea from the town tonight, hang a lantern aloft in the belfry arch of the north church tower as a signal light. One if by land and two if by sea, and I on the opposite shore will be ready to ride and spread the alarm through every Middlesex village and farm for the country folk to be up and to arm. Then he said, Good night, and with muffled oar, silently rode to the Charleston shore, just as the moon rose over the bay, where swinging wide at her moorings lay the Somerset, British man of war. A phantom ship, with each mast and spar across the moon like a prison bar, and a huge black hulk that was magnified by its own reflection in the tide. Meanwhile, his friend, through alley and street, wanders and watches with eager ears, Till in the silence around him he hears the muster of men at the barrack door, the sound of arms and the tramp of feet and the measured tread of the grenadiers marching down to their boats on the shore. Then he climbed to the tower of the church, up the wooden stairs with stealthy tread, to the belfry chamber overhead, and startled the pigeons from their perch on the somber rafters that round him made masses and moving shapes of shade. By the trembling ladder, steep and tall, to the highest window in the wall, where he paused to listen and look down a moment on the roofs of the town, and the moonlight flowing over all. Beneath, in the churchyard, lay the dead, in their night encampment on the hill, wrapped in silence so deep and still that he could hear, like a sentinel's tread, the watchful night wind as it went creeping along from tent to tent, and seeming to whisper, All is well. A moment only he feels the spell of the place and the hour, and the secret dread of the lonely belfry and the dead. For suddenly all his thoughts are bent on a shadowy something far away, where the river widens to meet the bay. A line of black that bends and floats on the rising tide, 
like a bridge of boats. Meanwhile, impatient to mount and ride, booted and spurred with a heavy stride, on the opposite shore walked Paul Revere. Now he patted his horse's side, now gazed in the landscape far and near. Then impetuous stamped the earth and turned and tightened his saddle girth. But mostly he watched with eager search the belfry tower of the old north church as it rose above the graves on the hill, lonely and spectral and somber and still. And lo, as he looks on the belfry's height, a glimmer, and then a gleam of light. He springs to the saddle, the bridle he turns but lingers and gazes, till full on his sight a second lamp in the belfry burns. A hurry of hoofs in the village street, a shape in the moonlight, a bulk in the dark, and beneath from the pebbles, in passing, a spark struck out by a steed that flies fearless and fleet. That was all. And yet, through the gloom and the light, the fate of a nation was riding that night, and the spark struck out by that steed in his flight kindled the land into flame with its heat. He has left the village and mounted the steep, and beneath him, tranquil and broad and deep, is the mystic, meeting the ocean tides. And under the alders that skirt its edge, now soft on the sand, now loud on the ledge, is heard the tramp of his steed as he rides. It was twelve by the village clock when he crossed the bridge into Medford Town, he heard the crowing of the cock and the barking of the farmer's dog and felt the damp of the river fog that rises when the sun goes down. It was one by the village clock when he galloped into Lexington. He saw the gilded weathercock swim in the moonlight as he passed and the meeting house windows, blank and bare, gaze at him with a spectral glare as if they already stood aghast at the bloody work they would look upon. It was two by the village clock when he came to the bridge in Concord Town. He heard the bleeding of the flock and the twitter of birds among the trees, and felt the breath of the morning breeze blowing over the meadows brown. And one was safe and asleep in his bed, who at the bridge would be first to fall, who that day would be lying dead, pierced by a British musket ball. You know the rest. In the books you have read how the British regulars fired and fled, how the farmers gave them ball for ball, from behind each fence and farmyard wall, chasing the redcoats down the lane then crossing the fields to emerge again under the trees at the turn of the road, and only pausing to fire and load. So through the night rode Paul Revere, and so through the night went his cry of alarm to every Middlesex village and farm, a cry of defiance and not of fear, a voice in the darkness, a knock at the door, and a word that shall echo forevermore. For born in the night wind of the past, through all our history to the last, in the hour of darkness and peril and need, the people will waken and listen to hear the hurrying hoofbeats of that steed and the midnight message of Paul Revere. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back on Monday with another poem for you. And in the meantime, happy 4th.